Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. What's up, everybody? Dr. Barry here, your host of the Lunch and Learn, bringing you episode 7078. Uh, we're almost 200. It feels like uh, I just started at one, you know, like not even a year ago. In fact, right, like quick foreshadowing, it's almost been one year uh, since the debut of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm very excited about that. We'll have a nice little uh, episode next week uh, to, you know, kick off that celebration of uh, one full year down uh, in the books. And again, I appreciate everyone who has followed along this podcasting journey. And if you have not had a chance last week, I actually released my second ebook, The Power and Affirmation, as well as some merchandise for the podcast. So I want you to go to drpierresblog.com slash power to pick up uh, your merchandise for the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry podcast. But Last but not least, right, obviously the most important thing is today's show, right, episode 70, we're going to be talking about men's health. This is Men's Health Month, depending on when you're listening to this, in June, and I really did not want to talk about colon cancer and prostate cancer, which is what usually gets talked about during this month. I think kind of following along the theme with episode 69, I wanted to focus on mental health because I think that's extremely important. Those who've been with me since the beginning of the show understand how important I feel mental health is in regards to our total well-being. So this episode, we're going to be talking strictly about the mental health aspect of uh, men uh, in this country, but just in general and why it's a big issue, big concern for everyone uh, when the mental health isn't where it needs to be. So, uh, like always, uh, for show notes, head over to drpiersblog.com slash LLP070, or just head over to lunchlearnpod.com, and you'll get uh, you'll see a list of all of my uh, podcast episodes, including uh, this one. So, so let's get comfortable as we bring you another episode here to help empower yourself for better health here with the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. With June being Men's Health Month, I wanted to make sure we touch base again with Men's Health Month because I think it's something that kind of gets brushed off to the side and not on purpose, right? I think we've talked about it before. Men tend to avoid going to the doctor, going to, you know, get themselves checked out. So a lot of the focus when it comes to health care, ironically, is for women, except when it comes to actually doing research and things of that nature. Then all of a sudden we have a whole bunch of men in those studies, but but the most part, right, you'll see a lot of the uh, the treatment course and just like the, the fanfare, the media attention, we really be focused on the women and their health. But obviously, with June being a specialized month for us, uh, where like last week was just uh, Men's Health Month, but I had my, my book launched, so I didn't get a chance to drop an episode on men's health last week. But this week, uh, we're going to be talking about men's health and I think most importantly I wanted to because there's a lot of things in men's health especially the umbrella of men's health that really should get touched on and we'll probably have to dedicate episodes uh, over the next uh, 
couple of weeks or so, or maybe in a couple of months or so, just uh, focus on different aspects of men's health that needs to be touched on. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't touch on uh, mental health, right? And of course, with uh, the title of this episode being, you know, men's mental health and where do we go from here? I wanted to kind of uh, rehash and uh, re you know invigorate the discussion on men getting a mental health checkup, just like they need to get a physical health checkup, just like they need to get their haircut, right? Like I think that's all in one the same, right? If you've ever felt that million dollar feeling after getting a haircut, right? Like this is the feeling that I want my men to get after they get their annual exam, right? This is what I want. This is the same feeling I want my men to get after they get their mental health in order, right? Because again, mental health is not an issue that only affects women, right? Like we know that we're being a dead horse, right? Uh, but I think the factors and the stats are staggering in regards to men and, you know, not not taking care of that aspect of their health, right? Like again, if, if unless this is your first uh, episode rock with me and if it is thank you for listening to the podcast episode and i hope you binge listen to the rest of them but i'm a big mental health advocate right but i'm biased right and i'm going to talk a little bit about my bias and talk about a little bit about uh, my story just my own mental health but i'm biased right like i got you know my wife says so a mental health counselor right so i gotta be about mental health right so like always i want to kind of start out just giving us some numbers right so we can kind of get a real life perspective on how serious this problem is when we talk about men's health. Six million men on a daily basis, right, face some type of depression, right? On a daily basis, six million men are faced with some type of depression. Three million men struggle from anxiety and anxiety-related disorders. About 10 million men suffer from eating disorders. And one out of every five men will develop some type of dependency, uh, in particular, alcohol dependency during his lifetime. One out of every five, 20 percent of men. Right. And again, I've, I've talked about it on old uh, blog posts where a lot of times for men, when we're trying to you know, get our feelings out the way, when we're trying to solve our problems and because we haven't been conditioned to talk them out, we we go to these uh, illicit uh, drugs we go to the alcohols of the world right and we and that's how we get our feelings and our emotions out right and that course is a terrible terrible issue if you uh, listen to episode 69 uh, where i talked about mental health depression and suicide in regards to men it's actually the seventh leading cause of death and even more more concerning is that in the age brackets of between like 10 and 40, it's the second most common cause of death, right? Men commit suicide at a much higher rate than women. Uh, and it's it's something that, again, I think all stems back to the fact that we're just not doing enough talking, right? We just don't express our feelings. And it's a societal issue, right? Uh, I'm going to post a link in the show notes uh, where I say, you know, I, I, I make the plea not to tell your your son and your nephew or you just your your the male uh, young uh, mentee that you have in your life. Right. Not to man up. Right. And what that actually means and uh, the different ways that it can be that it can actually lead to some of these factors here. And now, again, so I just again, I want to, you know, kind of personalize this episode. Right. So I want to talk about just uh, the struggle 
that I've had, right, uh, in the past, right, dealing with mental health, right, and what really made me come around and understand, that, like, yes, this is something that, you know, needs to be done and needs to be, you know, shouted from the rooftops. Now, before before uh, getting with my, uh, my my wife right now, right? She was the, before she was even mental health counselor, before she was even in that uh, mental space, it, I was a pre-med student. I was a pre-med student who, since I was elementary school, I knew I wanted to be a physician. That's all I knew, right? There was really wasn't a plan B for me. And for those who are pre-med, going through pre-med, you guys understand the stress of being a pre-med student, right? Like I, I've talked about on a prior episode, you know, just some of my failures. And one of the failures was as a pre-med student, if you didn't get, you know, if you especially, I guess at that time, right, I didn't know, right? Like now I know. But at the time I felt like, you know, if I don't get, you know, all great grades, I'm not going to be a medical student. Uh, student right and then I'm not going to be a physician right like it, my my dream would end and again I told you I had no plan b so I had no clue what I was going to do and I remember uh, getting that bad grade right I remember getting that bad grade in undergrad I think it was uh, genetics right or organic to one of those classes right probably both I remember getting that bad grade and really having to like sit back and contemplate like oh my god like what am I going to do with my life like here, I was doing well in school. I had always done well in school, but I ran into this one course. I ran into this one professor. And, you know, it was during a time I probably wasn't studying like I should have been anyways. And it knocked me over the head. And I was almost having like this midlife crisis at the age of like 19, uh, 19, 20, I think. Yeah, 19 or 20, where I had no clue what I was going to do because I thought my life was over. Now, for... The most. Now, what could have easily occurred, right, especially at a time where, you know, you're so impressionable, right, but your 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 life is crashing before your eyes, right? Again, my pre-med and my physicians kind of understand the, the sentiment. What could have happened is my whole life could have been derailed, right? Like, in fact, I could have been not giving you this podcast episode, right, because I could have took that that roadblock, that obstacle of failing a course and say, you know what, that's it. They were right. I'm not going to be a physician. Let me try something else, right? But fortunately, I remember having some amazing friends and an amazing circle around me and amazing mentors who would not let me quit, right? And one of the best things they did is they just let me talk, right? They just let me get it all out. They, you know, they let me call myself a failure for a little bit, not long, right? But they let me say, they let me hash out all of the things I did right, all of the things I did wrong. You know, they were my sounding board at a time where I had no sounding board. And for that, right, like again, and they don't, I'm pretty sure if if you asked them, if you pulled them, right, they wouldn't even remember uh, the conversations, right? But I remember because I remember being at a point where literally, I really thought this was the end of the line for, you know, the you know, future Dr. Barry Pierre, right? Like I really thought like I was not gonna make it. But I had friends and I had family 
who uh, allowed me to uh, open up and not feel constricted in my emotions, right? Not feel bad because I was sad, right? Not feel bad because I was disappointed, right? Not feel bad because I was angry and not angry at the professor and not angry at the coursework, angry at myself because I knew I didn't put my best foot forward to make sure that, you know, I could succeed, right? Uh, they allowed me to express all of those emotions, right? And this was a time where I, was, I, w- I wasn't even sure, and I, I, wasn't even, I didn't even know how to describe what they were allowing me to do, but they were allowing me to do it. When I look back, I'm saying, oh, wow, you know, those were, you know, my first counselors, right? Those were my first therapists, right? Uh, that was the first time I realized that regardless of uh, how well, uh, you may appear on the outside, right? Like if you're mental, if the inside isn't clicking and isn't going as strong as you want it, right? That's not going to work, right? Like it's not going to work regardless of what path you're trying to partake in. So here I am as this pre-med student and I failed uh, this course, right? I failed this course that they said, if you fail this course, you're not going to be a doctor. Clearly that is not the case, right? And clearly, you know, as as I move the law, as I moved along uh, my path to become a physician, I realized like that wasn't the case either, right? Like there was a lot more people who failed and hit an obstacle here on their path to become an amazing physician than I even thought. But here I was as pre-med who was, you know, I thought was at the end of my rope and I was able to allow myself to uh, open up and, you know, be open uh, with my my friends and my family and I was able to get my mind right and you know that was one of the first mental shifts I was able to have and I think as a as a a male physician right like I think I have an onus right to not only preach to you know the masses right but more specifically preach to the men I've said this all the time right the there's a lot of different reasons why men die younger than women And a lot of it is, you know what, we just don't feel comfortable going to the doctor in general, right? We don't feel comfortable going to a physician, going to see a counselor, right? We don't feel comfortable seeing anybody because we don't feel comfortable being in a space where we need to ask for help. And I've always been a little bit more aggressive with my male patients and, you know, making sure I'm reaching out and I'm, I'm saying like, hey, do you need this? Do you need that? And suggesting things that I know that they would never want to suggest on their own. And I've it's funny because I've taken care of patients uh, in my office when I was doing outpatient work. And, you know, they would come for various vague issues, vague complaints, just like, again, just like my my female patients used to do, but with them, because they would never say it right, they would never even approach the subject. It was always something that I had to like say, hey, by the way, you know what, like, how are you feeling, right? Like, how are, you know, what what's your mental like, right? Are you sad? Are you depressed, right? And for them, right, just hearing those words, right, just hearing those buzzwords was enough to make them, you know, kind of go back into their shell. So it was always something I had to dance around. I had to, you know, slowly approach the subject of mental health, slowly approach the subject of being anxious, slowly approach the subject of being depressed. Because if I just came out and, you know, hit them with it across the head, they would automatically retreat and I'd lose them for another six months to a year. So I I think as a a physician, right, especially uh, during this month, I think we have to put an onus on our men getting checked up 
and you know getting get all of the faculty squared away right because there, there's a lot of stress uh, that goes on in just the male psyche right like for instance right let's just talk about some of the issues that men especially from a mental health standpoint deal with a lot right increase they're always worried like they're always stressed right i think they're from societal aspect right let's think about society or society says the man is the provider what if you're in a position right and men i'm talking to you guys i'm talking to you guys directly right if you're in a position where you can't necessarily provide for uh, your significant other you can't necessarily provide for your family right like does that make you feel less of a quote-unquote man right like is your worth defined by if you're able to provide? I run into this issue a lot, right? Not necessarily because men can't provide, but they may not necessarily be able to provide more than the women, right? Like, again, the studies are out, right? Studies have ad nauseum have shown that women are going to college more, which means they're graduating with higher advanced degrees more. And honestly, if not for you know, the glass ceiling and uh, the, the uh, treatment of paying women less uh, than what they're owed, right? Like they'd be making a killing over, they'd be making hands over fists compared to what we make, right? So like if, if you factor that in and factor in the fact that women are making more, you know, so their their financial dependence is decreasing, financial independence is increasing, right? So your role as a provider doesn't necessarily uh, become defined as from a monetary standpoint, right? Like, how do you feel, right? I talk to a lot of patients who experience anger over this, right? Who experience depression over this, right? Who experience worry over this, who experience stress, sadness, right? Some even experience like suicidal thoughts, right? Think about it. And this is just one tenant, right? Of being a man, right? Being a provider, right? You're also supposed to be strong-willed. And a lot of, and again, in my uh, video, right? Where I talk about telling, don't tell your, your boys to man up, right? I talk about how a lot of this toxic masculinity um, is associated uh, with not being so independent on your own that you don't reach out for help, right? You don't reach out when you need it. And unfortunately, right, when our, our men, right, especially our men in this country are dealing with these problems and it's so great that they should be going to someone for help, but they're not, what are they doing? They're escaping with drugs. They're escaping with alcohol. And you have family members, you have friends who are being caught in the crossfire, so to speak, right? Because now you have a person who... Uh, is upset at the world, they're upset at the job, uh, they're upset that, you know, they're not the provider, they're upset that society's telling them that they're less of a man than uh, they really are, that now they're, they're coming home drunk, uh, they're coming intoxicated, they're coming home uh, on drugs, and now they're taking it out on family uh, because they're more angry, they're more aggressive, they're more irritable, domestic violence, all of these things happen, right? And again, like I said, it's, 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 it's like connecting the dots, right? Because, you know, they don't have an outlet, right? And let me, I guess I should take that back. Because they don't take advantage of the outlets that they have to vent and to express these types of things happen, right? And I think when you talk about men's uh, 
month, right? Men's Health Month, right? In June, like I, I think if you don't focus at least two or three days on just the mental health standpoint, right? Because of course we'll talk about prostate cancer and colon cancer and lung cancer. We'll talk about all of those things, right? Because that's something we always need to talk about. But if you're not dedicating, you know, a significant portion of your your overall overall health, right, to your mental, right, and making sure your mental is okay, making sure you're able uh, to have someone to talk to and be emotionally available for, right? Because again, if you're not emotion, if you're not emotionally open enough to tell someone your problems, you're likely not emotionally available enough to receive uh, someone else's problem, right? Again, talk about your family, talk about your significant other, right? If if you if you're a closed book when it comes to letting out your emotions, there's no way that you're going to be such an open book when someone needs to let their emotions out on you, right? So I think it's a, a two-way street that men, I think we just need to kind of put uh, the drawbridge down. Uh, we need to allow ourselves, right, to be open, right, and be free because it's killing us, right? And again, I'm not saying this uh, in a a figurative uh, sense, right? Like it's literally killing us, right? Because we're not emotionally open, right? It's literally killing us, right? Because our mental health isn't there, right? It's literally killing us to the point that uh, if you're between the ages of 10 to 40, right? Again, think about that, 10, as young as 10, uh, suicide is the second most common cause of death, right? Like that is a problem that if we don't try to solve like ASAP, right, uh, it's only going to get worse, right? Like again, there's very concrete reasons why women live longer than men, right? And this is, uh, I think, probably the, one of the biggest ones, right? I think it's one of the biggest issues that we have to solve, especially in the workforce, right? Uh, because we have to be cognizant of our male patients that they're not going to come to us uh, with these issues, right? Like in episode 69, I talked about how people in general don't come to uh, their doctors when it comes to being uh, with their mental health, right? So if people in general aren't coming to their doctors and their therapists and their counselors about their mental health, you best believe that their men aren't doing it, right? Because they already aren't coming to us in general, right? They're, even when they're super healthy, they're not coming to see us, right? So you think if they actually have a problem, which they won't define as a problem, if you think if they actually come in with a problem, that they'll be open to tell us? No, of course not, right? So I think it's a... It's a call for distress, right? Like, again, I said, this episode, I wanted to make sure um, I was talking to the men. This is the men's episode, right? It's 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 that one month that we're putting the focus on men. And, again, it's one thing I say with mental health, right? If your mental health, if that isn't a part, uh, and I mean a huge part of getting your total health in general, right, like, uh, you're you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Again, there's no point uh, to work out, right? There's no point to eat well, right? There's no point to take your medications, right, for your blood pressure and your diabetes if you're not making sure that you have someone to talk to when you're depressed, if you're not making sure you have someone to talk to when you feel anxious, if you don't have someone to talk to when you just don't feel that you are doing enough and when society is beating you down left and right, beating you down left and right, uh, for not being a quote-unquote man, whatever that means, right? Like, again, I, I think the term be a man uh, has so much uh, toxic 
masculinity associated with it, right? Like you almost have to dissociate from that, right? Like you have to say, you know what? I'm not trying to be a man. I'm just trying to be the best me. And if I'm the best me, like someone uh, will benefit, right? Whether it be my significant other, right? Or my family member or my coworkers, right? Or, and most importantly, right? Like yourselves, right? Because I think as, as men, right as men and when you say like be a man a lot of it is centered around the fact that you need to take care of everyone else but yourself right like you are not the center of intention right because your goal is to make sure your significant other is taken care of your goal is to make sure your family's taken care of your goal is to make sure your job is taken care of right but there's never a goal post that says i need to be taken care of and i think when once i realized especially when at during undergrad and i was able to make it through that rough patch right make it through that class where i failed and I had to take it again the next semester. And I did well, of course, right? I did well because I knew the mistakes I had done, right? I, I knew what needed to be corrected. But most importantly, I had the opportunity to at least vent and open up to someone to say, this is what I need to do, right? Because I had that opportunity, I knew how to uh, go about it the second go around, right? Because I had that opportunity uh, to talk to someone, I knew that it was going to be okay. Because I think for a lot of us, uh, a lot, for a lot of us, right, we spend more time telling people, hey, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, I'm going to take care of it, that no one ever tells us, right, that it's okay, it's okay to not feel 100% when you're trying to be a better you, right? It's okay uh, to not uh, be able to take care of everybody uh, under the sun, right? It's just okay that taking care of yourself uh, is important. And honestly, should be priority priority number one. So I think if if before I leave, right, I just want to make sure that I think the the objective and the goal is to you know take care of yourself, right, and take care of yourself. And I think the goal is to take care of yourself and understand that as long as you're taken care of, you'll be able to take care of others, right? But you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. So again, I'm Dr. Barry here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, helping to empower yourself for better health. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to lunchlearnpod.com where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure. And like always, depending on where you're listening this to, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. And we are at all of your favorite podcast listening stations, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health, and we'll see you next week.